What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of From Our 20s. Uh, I'd like to mention right away again that we do have an email up and running. And if you want to make any comments, ask us any questions, or have any topics that you guys want us to talk about, uh, send it to our email from our 20 at gmail.com as always i got case dog with me joining me from cincinnati how are we doing today took you a second but i am back in the natty dude i'm doing good yeah back here back to life as usual i just spent some time up in minnesota <laughs> with brandon and another one of our buddies and then dude next week we get to do it again down in south carolina i'm pretty stoked for that i'm excited for warmer weather and Really, I'm just excited to hit a golf ball. Oh, dude, that'll be fun being out with all the guys again. Exactly. So today, we are talking about something that has been a big point of conversation, especially, you know, Brandon, you and I both listen to a ton of, like, sermons and podcasts just throughout our work days, and a lot of them are related to the topic of authenticity. Um. And so, you know that I like to come in with some hot takes or play devil's advocate basically every episode and just in life. Uh, But I think that this is going to be the absolute most frustrating episode (laughs) for you because I feel like this is a topic I can ramp up to 110% on because I I just think it's a topic that people have an unbelievably like half-baked view on. So uh, I, I apologize in advance for wherever this conversation may lead us. And please know that like not every question I ask is indicative of like how I truly feel. As a lot of episodes, I'll usually ask a question for the sake of conversation or to point out another view. Um, so not every question I ask or every road I take us down is like where I personally land on the subject. Uh, but I, I do think that people have like a really overly simplistic and dare I say like childish a view of what it means to be authentic and that's something that's not really like addressed or expounded upon uh so i guess like we can just start off like what to you what is authenticity or what does it mean for a person to be authentic authentic yeah as always you bring a lot to of challenging questions and the devil's advocates always throws me off because they're sometimes to answer myself but uh, I love that it helps me uh, stretch my beliefs and try and figure out a question on the whim. And so I guess to answer your question on like just the basics of maybe what authenticity is, I mean, in, right off the bat, I really struggle to come up with like an exact definition. Like if I'm being on like simplest terms, I just think that you're you. Like you just, you don't try and, upscale yourself to impress anybody necessarily and you're not trying to like you know gloat in anything you're just trying to be a genuine i guess, the word i guess is genuine and authenticity i think probably run in my opinion hand in hand so yeah just being authentic is probably just being you straight up what do you think it means for someone to like be themselves or maybe maybe be easier like what would an example of someone being inauthentic looking like and i don't mean like telling a lie because I, like i think it's easy for right. us to say like, what is lying but like what does it mean for a person to be inauthentic and also well, do you think that, that that's a like one-time thing that somebody has a moment of inauthenticity or are we talking about like this is like a phony person or both yeah i think it can be a little bit of both 
I think a lot of people will maybe try and act a certain way to fit a scene because they're maybe a little bit insecure about who they are as an individual. So they'll kind of, they'll see the, the scene, they'll see the type of personalities that are out there and they see like what attracts people. So maybe they try and be like the popular person or they try and be like the funny person. And so they just kind of shift who they naturally are just so that they can get people to like them. And that I think is a really tough thing to do in general. Like props to you if you can do that. But I I think being inauthentic is just not being within your own character. Like you just kind of go beyond your natural tendencies to get some sort of outcome from somebody else. Like you're, you're purely doing it for somebody else. Like that's what I think of. Sure. So let's say I'm not usually like someone who's going to work out. And I don't like working out. I don't like eating right. So you could say that that's not me. And yet I still do it on a daily basis. I just hit the gym an hour ago. It's not something that I like doing. It's not something that comes naturally to me. And I guess on one hand, I do it to be healthy. But on the other, I still do it to like be in shape and you know appear. You know, I'm not in great shape by any means, but still have some form of like good physical appearance. Is that inauthenticity? Or do you think that's just... You know, sometimes you have to do things that suck and it's what's best. And sometimes it's not even a hundred percent. Like I'm doing this all for me. Um, that's a good, that's a really good example. And I, I don't think that has anything to do with your character. I think that's just you doing something you don't want to do, but it doesn't mean it's not who you are. Sure. So where do you think here? I'll, all right, I guess I'll, it's going to be very tough for me to go down this rabbit hole and separate, you know, where I land on this versus, you know, what I'm saying for the sake of conversation, but I'll just like start unwinding a road that I'll try to like put out a scenario. But here's where I do land is like people aren't one thing and people especially aren't 100% one thing. So there aren't like happy people and unhappy people. There are people with varying levels of happiness and that happiness fluctuates regularly. And like, I don't think there's kind people and unkind people. I think there's people with varying sure. levels of kindness. Like, it's not like this person is kind, this person is not kind. It's how right. kind are they? Um, and their propensity to be kind, if that's what we're saying, in any given situation, it's going to be altered by like a multitude of factors. It's not binary. It's not simply one thing or another. And I think like almost nothing is. And it's incredibly like, I think I feel fair using the word childish or at least like unnuanced to think otherwise. Like you're not a patient person or an impatient person. I think you're just a person with the varying levels of patience. I just keep using different attributes Mm -hmm. and that level of patience isn't always the same depending on, you know, the circumstances you're in. Um, So like, well, believers know that like the Holy spirit is constantly sanctifying us, you know, to display those few fruits like more frequently and to like a greater degree. So hopefully, you know, the more we're sanctified, we will be more patient, you know, patient more often and patient to a greater degree. I just think that's just unrealistic if you don't think that certain factors will make us more or less likely to display those few fruits. And sorry, I'm kind of getting on a rant now, but like, let's say you're sitting in traffic. So let's say that like you're what people would refer to as a patient person, which, you know, I think it's fair. I'm saying you as in general, but like, I think you're a pretty yeah. patient guy. Um, so not really. Okay. okay. But either <laughs> I thought you were, and I've lived with you for four years. Uh, fair enough. So you realize this is an opportunity to flex that patient 
patience muscle, right? Like you're sitting in traffic, yeah. you're like, I could yeah. be upset, but here, here's an opportunity to practice patience. That's great. Now let's imagine the same situation, but you're five minutes late to work. Mm-hmm. Still a patient person. Now, how about instead of late to work, you're trying to drive to the ER because you cut yourself and you need stitches. Would you still be like displaying all the signs of like a patient, loving, gentle person? Probably not. And I don't think that's because you're inauthentic and it doesn't mean you're not a patient person. I think it just means that you're not one thing all the time and changing circumstances dictate a million things about us, like both consciously and unconscious. And like, I think that people are just going to, say like, you know, authenticity is either like you being the same all the time, or like you being who you say you are, but it's really tough to balance out the idea of authenticity, at least like how it's being handed to us, whether, you know, in a lot of like sermons I listen to, or when I hear people talk about it, it's tough to balance that out with the reality that everybody is like incredibly, um, like multidimensional. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like our ideas of authenticity, especially related to other people, you know, involve us typecasting other people as incredibly one-dimensional creatures who are, you know, one thing and one thing only always. And we just assume that they're always going to act in the same way every single time in every single situation, regardless of the context. And we exalt authenticity at the cost of nuance, honesty, understanding, or like compassion for other people. Um, and sorry, I'm like a role now with like going deep down a rabbit hole. Um, I love it. So here, I'm like, for example, I'll try to pick something relatively innocent. Um, let's say that you're trying to lose weight. All right. You don't need to actually, I could have used this for me because I'm actually on a cut. So all right, <laughs> let, let's use this for me because I still got 10 more pounds to go. <laughs> let's say I'm tempted to eat a cookie one day, but I overcome that and decide that losing weight is more important. The next day I get the same urge. And this time I eat the cookie. Which one is the authentic Casey? Is it the strong-willed one that has the self-control to deny himself because he values his goals and health and whatever? Or is it the Casey that gave into temptation and let short-term satisfaction set back what he really wants? Or, you know, let's be cynical. Let's say like at least what I say I want uh, in the long run. Because you could say, you know, you say that you want to lose weight. But if you're going to eat the cookie, it means that you don't really want it. And, you know, you could fill in the blank, eat the cookie with a million different, more serious sins. Right. And we're just going to say like, oh, you say you want that. But since you gave in that time, it's clear that you don't actually want it. Well, I think it's obvious that they're both like the authentic me. It's just that I am more than simply one thing all the time. And so is right. everybody. Um, so just like humans are incredibly complex people. And I think when we say we want other people to be authentic, it really means that we just want them to be predictable and to fit inside the narrative that we have for them in our own heads. <laughs> Which, which makes sense because we, you know, when we like being with someone, we don't want them to act differently than the way we perceive them to be because then we might not yeah. like them as much. And so right. we say we want them, you know, so we want them to act the way we think they'll act because we already established that we like that. And when they start acting right. differently than the conception we had for them in our heads, then we can either assume that um, like A – they were being fake with me up until this point that the conception I had of them was shattered, which I think is what a lot of people are really quick to do or Mm -hmm. be. And probably more accurately, this is a complex person just like everybody else in existence. And I really shouldn't have expected to have this person down to a T after only a few weeks, months, or even years of friendship or dating or even marriage, I guess. Cause this could, 
turn into an entire rant, even though it, it basically already has. But another facet of the whole like people are complex thing is that even if we did have someone down to a T, it's probably not likely to stay there. I'm not the same person I was two years ago. I know you're not either. So right, are you and I right. both inauthentic phony people or are we just humans who grow, adapt, change and learn, you know, hopefully all that for the better. Right. So see, I'm, I'm going to try to land this cause I've been going for a while. Uh, but like, I guess what I'm saying is that we vastly underestimate how complex other people are and that acting differently in different situations with different people, like it can be a sign of inauthenticity but it can also be a sign of being a normal human being. Like I'm thinking about, remember our old RA Aaron, he had the capacity to be one of the funniest people I've ever met. Oh yeah. But he wasn't a jokester. He would. Yep. Right. But at a certain time in a certain context, he could read the room, see what was called for and say the thing that was going to give a lot of people a lot of joy. Right. And if you fit the context of inauthenticity to simply, you know, you act differently around different people, he's a deeply inauthentic person, even though we both know that's so couldn't be further from the truth. I guess like to get back to like what is an authenticity, I think it's not being who you say you are, but one, knowingly, and two, like with malice or, you know, for your own self-aggrandizement or to put someone else down, like, cause to an extent, nobody is who they say they are all of the time. We all fall short of our own standards, probably on the daily. For sure. Uh, but yeah. I think inauthenticity is when like, you know, you're not who you say you are and you do that with an ulterior and probably like hurtful motive. And I think it has to fulfill like both those things, not just the ulterior one. Because uh, you could say that dressing up nice for a date is inauthentic is inauthentic, because you'd rather be wearing sweatpants and a hoodie. Um, <laughs> and if we're being honest, yeah. you kind of have yeah. an ulterior motive by dressing up. Like you want to look right. good for the person you're going on a date with. So right. that's you not being, I guess one thing you could say is like, that's not who you say you are, because like you're not someone who wears a dress shirt and khakis. Um, and you have an ulterior motive for doing that. But I don't think you're phony because it's not hurtful. Like, right. so even though you're doing something you wouldn't normally do, and you're doing it for an ulterior motive, like you're, you know, neither of us are guys who just are going to walk around wearing suits all day. But if I have like, a, well, I probably still wouldn't wear a suit for a date. But like, there's something something that you and I would wear on a date, or at least like to like a nice place. Man, I'm wearing jeans. Yeah, like, dude, I'm wearing sweatpants <laughs> and a hoodie right now. Um, and like, I mean, if I go on a date, like somewhere nice, I'm going to dress nicer than I would normally prefer to. And that's yeah. not who I am. And it's kind of ulterior because I'm doing it because I want her to think I look nice, but it's not hurtful. And so for that reason, I don't think it's inauthentic. It's inauthentic. It's just you doing what a given situation calls for. Exactly. Um, so that that's kind of where I land on that entire thing and even though i know i said like i normally play devil's advocate i i I pretty much stand by everything i said in terms of like this is how i casey actually feel about the topic um but like i'd love to hear your thoughts because i just unloaded for a good 10 minutes so i was trying to kind of hit on a couple of things you said and kind of give my input or kind of what i was thinking as you were uh giving your feel so i mean you talked right right away kind of about how we're not defined by the one thing or we shouldn't let one thing be 
like who we are. And I totally agree with that. Like, how can you possibly believe that we're one? We have this one characteristic and it's just, we're that person all the time. Like it's so unrealistic because like you said, we're so complex, but I think when we, we just view ourselves as the main character and since we are ourself, we see it through our lens and so we see the complexity of ourself, but we don't necessarily see all of the complexity and all of the thoughts of another person. It's safe to assume that we're like, okay, I'm probably the only one that's thinking this or I'm the only one that's like this because no one else is talking about it. And I see it in myself, but I don't see it in others type of thing. So it's it's definitely easy to just assume that a person is like that all the time. and But it's not fair because there's... Like you also said, there's different situations that call for possibly a different version of yourself. And I don't think that's inauthentic either because different situations and scenarios do call for you to act a certain way. But that doesn't mean you're being a phony or you're just kind of fitting what needs to be. Like you were talking about how Aaron, you know, he was a super funny guy, but he knew when to drop the one-liners or to be the goofy, but he also knew when to be serious. You know, it's just figuring out the social cues of the situation. And some people understand social cues better than others. Yeah. And I think as humans, we're all really driven by emotions. We're emotional people. So like when you're referring to being stuck in traffic and you're a patient person versus if you're stuck in traffic and you have like an actual critical scenario, like, Again, the scenario can make you stressed and not be patient. So emotions play into how we act, and that's just human nature. Like, given whatever yeah. scenario you're in, we're going to be driven by emotions. But I think what it comes down to, like, okay, is someone being authentic, or how do you describe somebody? I think we just generally go to what's the consistency? Like, what is this person like the majority of the time like who are they most days you know yeah right on. and i here can, can you bleep out names well let's just use the let's same use a fake name now that we know we both talk about the same person so just use a fake name and then we can roll with that all right so there was a kid that you and i went to school with for four years let's call him johnny because i texted you the name of the actual person that we're talking about <laughs> right johnny without a shadow of a doubt, all four years, was the exact same, would say the same things, act the exact same way in every single situation, no matter who he was around, who was there. And that is, I think, in terms of what we think of authenticity, he might be the most authentic person I've ever met. And I think that was a bad... Yes, well, I was going to say... More so predictable, though, because... I think that's what authenticity means to most people is predictable. Yeah. Because guess, he shouldn't have done that. There were right, times right. when something that he said might have been really funny or fine for a particular situation, but he would say something similar in the same vein in a different situation, and it was not a good idea no, given no. <laughs> the surroundings. Yeah, and there's a lot of people like Johnny too out there. Yes. And in different personality types, like there's people that just don't get the social cues at all exactly but what i'm getting at is 
when we think of when people describe authenticity, I think what they're really describing is predictability. And he was the poster child for it. And I think that that was an <laughs> overwhelmingly bad thing. Right. That's but fair. He's more, if we're going to use authentic, you know, the definition of authenticity that most people mo- most likely subconsciously use in their head, which is just predictable. You know, this person acts the same all the time, no matter who's there, who's around, or what situation they're in. He's, you know, you and I are both complete phonies compared to this kid. And yet, I th- think a very strong argument could be made that that's significantly better than the way that Johnny handled most situ- social interactions. Yeah. So I'll throw out another name for a better example. Not because well, nothing you're, me, not, I see not, you there. No, not, not because yours was a bad example, <laughs> but because this is a. So that was like a bad authenticity, whereas I'll give you a good authenticity. So, well, we'll just call it Jim for now. Okay. So there was this guy that we roomed with. We'll call him Jim. And he was what I think authentic all the time like no matter who he was with and in pretty much any scenario like he was always consistently genuine and authentic and like true to himself and he knew i mean yes there were social cues but i think he was so consistently the same person no matter what situation you put him in for the better like in a really really good positive way so you know johnny was the same person and in some scenarios it worked and some scenarios it did not fit at all. And most of the time it was just not good stuff. He was just had bad authenticity. Whereas Jim was, you know, in similar fashion, authentic in every scenario, but like they fit and they worked because he was just naturally a better person, if you will. Oh, I certainly will. Um, <laughs> cause I do know Jim and Johnny, Yeah, but like I said, in terms of predictability, I think Johnny was way more predictable than Jim was in terms of, you know, what they were going to say or how they were going to handle a situation or even the perspective That's they were going to though, bring. Cause you never knew exactly what Johnny was going to say, but you, you knew, knew was, the it line was it was going, you knew it was probably not going to be good. And it was gonna, it was gonna make you either cringe, or slap your head, or something, or want to slap him. <laughs> but I think the difference here is any time where Jim is so hard keeping track of the fake names. I know we got J and J here. And any time Jim was going to handle a situation differently, it was for the benefit of the other person. Yeah. And so you could argue that that's, you know, in, you know softening your edges is inauthentic, Ooh. but he's doing it for the sake of somebody else. Or conversely, like I've seen him like come down on people sometimes, but it was for the sake of either like confronting someone that needed to be confronted or, you know, holding someone to a higher standard. You know, we've lived a lot of life with him. Um, yeah. And like you see those different sides of him. But anytime that something would appear to be out of the norm, I think that more often than not, he was doing it for the benefit of somebody else. But that's still not, that's the same thing that you were saying earlier, how we think of ourselves in our own narrative is that I think you and I have talked about this before. Yeah. We could write a book about ourselves. Like 
I'm Easily. the main character in my story. I could write a long novel about myself. How long would the book be of a kid I had a class with two years ago? Because he's every bit as complex as I have. He's lived, you know, more likely than not, he has lived just through just as many life experiences, highs, lows, triumphs, heartbreaks, victories, et cetera, that I have. Right. They're just not. I could write a few paragraphs. I could write a few paragraphs about him, but I could write 10,000 pages about myself. And it's a lot easier to put somebody in a box, the less you know about them. And so they're easier to fit into that mold. And as soon as somebody breaks out of the mold that we've put them in, even though we usually have very little basis for that, we suddenly want to claim that they're being inauthentic instead of just a multifaceted human being who has lots of emotions, various situations compiling all at once. And they're not always going to act or respond the same way to every given situation at the same time. Right. Not to mention, you know, they're changing the way I'd respond to a situation now versus five years ago versus hopefully five years from now. They're all different and I'm still Casey. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, something I think of is people I work with at school or people I just had class with in school, we only know them from class. So we only see them in one environment, only one type of situation. And it's easy to try and figure out who they are or maybe not easy, but we just stereotype or just we assume they're going to act a certain way because of this one scenario. But then once I hung out with them after class in like a different type of setting, whether it was doing an activity like beach volleyball or just hanging out with them in the library or whatever, just get them out of the, uh, put them in a different scenario and you'll see a different characteristic of them. Like, Oh, this guy's actually cool. Like he's not just this nerdy kid in class. Like, no, he's got other interests and he's super funny and it takes seeing people in different environments to actually figure them out. So it's really not, you know, we shouldn't be just assuming and, like you said, defining somebody by one thing or one scenario, because there is so much depth to a person. Like, I mean, just look at yourselves for this one moment and you can see, dang, I'm really complex. Well, shoot, I'm a human. There's a lot of humans out here. Uh, I can probably assume that they're really complex too. And I need to make sure that my mindset is shifted towards that. Like they have feelings, they have thoughts, they have all these different experiences that I'm not aware of. So we definitely, you know, just moving forward, if there's any application to this podcast, just get to know people in different scenarios. And um, I think you'll find that they, they relate a lot more to us than uh, just meets the eye as Sam Woodwicky would say. Yeah. And I think there's even another level and I've hit on this a lot before I've talked about it with like the whole judging thing back with online or not online with like social media, <laughs> but is that we assume that our initial perspective is infallible and absolutely right too, is it's not yeah. just this person is being a phony because they're inauthentic. It's that the way I've typecasted this person, even if I've known them, you know, six months or six years it's like the way that i know this person is spot on and so if they diverge from that it's because my perception was right and they're acting phony outside of it rather than i didn't pin them quite as well as i would have liked to think um and like you said like the 
situation to meet somebody in is like as much as we like to think authenticity is you're acting the same in every single situation if some if you were like at a bar with someone or at like a party and somebody said like let, let's not get too weird here but like maybe like a slightly off color joke and you thought it was funny you might think that this is like you know a funny guy maybe shouldn't have gone you know maybe shouldn't have said that but overall like a funny guy life at the party sort of guy if he says the same thing at work with you you think that this is the biggest idiot with no regard for social standards with you know absolutely no respect for the people around him but it's the same person saying the same thing in two different situations and you're the one who views it that person completely differently yeah that's a really really good example yeah and so like you're judging somebody for being authentic when what you say when you say that that's what you value most but it's because you're in a different situation and they acted the same but you perceive it differently right and suddenly it's their fault for not being able to read the room when really what you want them is to be the same every single time right um but i think this brings us to i texted you earlier today we we bring up jonathan pecluda a lot jp we're both huge fans of his ministry but I was listening to a sermon by him today while at work and he said something that really stuck out and I didn't agree with, and I'd love to like have a discussion because it's on the same topic. Um, And he was specifically referencing dating and he was saying, you know, getting to know, you know, getting to know somebody. And I think, I don't remember his exact words, but they were something to the effect of you find out who someone really is when they slam their finger in a car door. And essentially what he was saying is you find out who somebody is when they're at their worst or when they're going through a tough time, which is something I heard, you know, ever since I was born. And I feel like you've heard that a lot is, you know, who somebody is when they're going through a tough time, when things aren't going at their way or at their worst is who they really are. And I think that that's a load of crap. I think that's not true. Why do we think that people at their worst is who they really are? Um, and here's a little brain teaser. Here, we'll, we'll circle back to this, but I have a little economics brain teaser. And like I studied economics, this is more behavioral, um, but I just want to get the way that this is how I think and I want people to maybe consider thinking this way. Let's say in 2019 in Blue Earth, Minnesota, okay, this wouldn't work in Blue Earth, Minnesota. Let's say Myrtle Beach. <laughs> Let's say in 2019 in Myrtle Beach, the local news reported five shark attacks. Yeah, we definitely would not have that. Exactly. That's why I had to switch that. Let's say they reported five (laughs) shark attacks in 2019. Then let's say in 2020, they reported 15 shark attacks. What information can you ascertain confidently just by knowing those two things? So the information you have on hand is... In 2019, the local news reported five shark attacks. And in 2020, the same local news reported 15 shark attacks in the same paper. What information can you confidently extrapolate from that given data set? I mean, all I know is there was 10 more shark attacks. So you're saying, given the information that in 2019, the local news reported five shark attacks... And in 2020, the local news reported 15 shark attacks. We can confidently say that there were 10 more shark attacks in 2020 than there were in 2019? Yes. Okay. So that's the way most people think. All we can really know is that the news decided to report 10 more shark attacks. Sure. That doesn't mean there were 10 more. It just means, you know, maybe the news decided that they liked reporting them more. They said, you know, in 2019, these stories 
you know, got a lot of coverage. So in 2020, every time there's a shark attack, we should, you know, report it more often or not report mm-hmm. it more often, but more often we should report shark attacks that do happen, not making them up. But we, we yeah. can't know for sure that there were 10 more in 2020 than there were in 2019. Just and we can't know that more people were at the beach. We can't know that there were more sharks in the water. The only thing that we can tell is that particular news station decided to report 15 shark attacks. And the year before, they decided to report five. And so we try to – we are given a very small information about people, other people. And the more time we spend with them, the more we have. Yeah. But – we have these heuristics, which is just a fancy word for a shortcut, to like a mental shortcut, that once we've spent a very little time with people, we've decided and we know for sure that we have this down. And just like you thought that, you know, sorry, every, everybody thinks that even when I read that, I thought that I read that example somewhere else. Everybody thinks like, oh, well, it was like this and then it was like this. So therefore, that means it had to have been like this. When really you are assuming way too much for the very limited data that you have. Um, And so that's why I keep saying like authenticity is such a fluid concept. And I'm not saying that people can't be phony, but I really stand by that definition I gave earlier where it was like, you have to not be who you are. You have to knowingly not be who you are with an ulterior motive and that motive is negative. I think that those are like the three characteristics of being inauthentic. But, you know, I heard that in a sermon specifically talking about dating. It's like, you really know who somebody is when they slam their finger in a car door. And I don't think you do. I think that you only know who someone is when they slam their finger in a car door, when they slam their finger in a car door. Just like he was like, you know who somebody is when they're, you know, they just lost a client or they lost a job. And I don't think that's how you really know who someone is. I think that's how you know, you know, let's say it's me. You don't know who Casey really is when he loses his job. You just know who Casey really is when he loses his job, when he loses his job. Just like you only know who Casey is when he's eating ice cream, when he's eating ice cream. And people aren't who they really are when they're at their worst. They're just at their worst. And that's a small percentage of who they are, just like who they are when they're at their best is a small percentage of who they are, just like everything in between is everything in between. And I, it, it's just so simple and naive. And like, I love JP. He is way smarter than I am, loves the Lord way more than I do. But I think that that specific line is a very childish or at least like unnuanced, unthought out position that people are who they are at their worst. And I think that's just not true. People are who they are at their worst when they're at their worst, just like everything else. Yeah. And like, I'd love to hear yeah, everything I, differently I, or how you feel. Yeah, I agree with with a lot of what you said i mean some really that was a really good analogy and you've put it in some pretty good terms i guess my only argument to what you said is jp said okay you find out who somebody really is when they slam their door when they're so when they slam their finger in a door it's like there's some truth behind that because i think if some when stuff when stuff hits the fan it reveals character behind people but I, you know, like you said, it doesn't completely define, like, that's just who you are in that moment, but that's not the majority of who you are. Like you just took a very small sample size of your life and you're dictating who somebody is based off of this one event. It's just not fair. Yeah. And and we always want to do it based on the worst available showing. 
too. And I'm not saying that we should do it based on the best. I'm saying that you should just have an overall encompassing view of this is a human being. And part of a human being who I think is pretty great also comes with eventually the glass is going to shatter that they have faults. And so if I'm just waiting to see what the fault is going to be, or even maybe going out of my way to like get them in. So specifically I'm thinking of this in the topic of dating, just because that's what this uh, sermon was on that I pulled that line out of. Uh, But it was like, he was saying like, you know, test them, like put them, try to get them in situations where, you know, they might sweat or like put them in those situations where that's likely to happen. It's like, I think that the person who is going out of their way to put somebody in, in a rather objectively crappy situation just to test them, that seems a lot more phony than whoever might be on the other side of that. Yeah. And like that's the advice that that's we're given now is like go out of your way to sweat this person to like really test them and see who they are at their worst. So do your best to put them in a position where they're going to be at their worst. Like that is so manipulative. And yet that's yeah. the advice we're given. And like, we're doing it in the name of, I'm going to see if the other person has the high character. As life has enough of those moments. I don't think we need to put anybody or create any of those moments. Yeah. And know? I don't want to sidetrack this into anything other than like talk about inauthenticity, right. but just, you know, that idea that a person at their worst is who they really are. I, I really want to push back on that because it's part of who they are, but it's right. not, but it's just not exactly complete, not the complete picture. Yep. Yeah, that's just not fair. You know, I wouldn't want to be judged for um, or be characterized as something I'm not for just one scenario. Like, oh, I slipped up and swore that one time. Shoot. Now this guy, you know, now I'm just going to say that Brandon's a cusses all the time and he doesn't give a hoot about anybody and whatever. You know, like, that's just not fair because, hey, I stubbed my toe. It hurt. Yeah, it's like we want to characterize that somebody who got drunk one time is a drunk or, you know, even like, I mean, JP even like talked on this and I, I don't want to keep referencing the sermon. He was like, you know, it's he even like walks back. He's like, Hey, I couldn't say like once a cheater, always a cheater. Cause I know that's like part of my story. And I say, I'm talking like from there, but it's still like, we like to characterize, you know, people at their worst is now the eternal definition. Like I said, you know, you stub your toe and, cussed one time it's like all right wash your mouth out with soap every day you're unfit to be seen you know at church or whatever it's just our conception of somebody at their worst now is who they are indefinitely and that's just wrong yeah yeah so i guess to close this out i mean any final thoughts as far of like like application points what do you yeah in a couple sentences or two, like what would you, how would you phrase the whole of authenticity? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I've spent far more of this time than you have sharing thoughts. So I apologize for hijacking today. Hey, um, I like your voice. Better than <laughs> um, I guess, <laughs> I mean, so I just approached most of this conversation from the other side of the ledger, which, cause I think that people are being phony, know it, and they know they need to stop. But I also think that, we've gone too far on the other side, which is like I said, for the definition I gave of authenticity, which is like knowingly not being who you say you are doing it with an ulterior motive and doing it for like with, I think I said like with malice, which is a weird word to use, but it's the one that I used Uh, 
for that criteria to be true, it's really tough for somebody on the other side to be able to tell that. That seems like, like, I know we say like modesty is a hard issue. Like a lot of times you can tell when someone's being immodest, but there's a ton of gray area there too, where it's, you know, what, you know, somebody might be wearing one thing and, you know, it offends one person's sensibilities and not the other, or there could be one thing that nobody would think was immodest except the person wearing it or posting it still did it to get that reaction and so it is immodest and i think in i think authenticity is the same thing where it's like there are definitely times when you can just tell but i think there's way more gray area than we want to assume and it's a hard issue on the other person the person who's doing it and so like i said i think this goes back to what i was talking about with kaylee and you on the social media episode is Let's just assume the best in other people until we just absolutely can't. And let's not be so quick to assume that we know their heart behind everything. So that's sort of like where I, I'm, I usually like I'm approaching this from the other side of the people who are thinking somebody else is being inauthentic. It's like, why can't we just assume the best until we have absolutely no choice to otherwise or realize that our conception of why somebody's doing something or, you know, like we said in social media, why somebody's posting something. Why do we assume that our gut level reaction is completely infallible and that we know the heart motives behind a person who's six feet or 600 miles away from us? Like, why do we want to assume that? Well, I know why we want to, but why do we think that it's just and even accurate to assume that the way that we are perceiving another deeply complex, multidimensional human being within five seconds is completely infallible? And if they go outside of the bounds of the conception that we created for them, then it doesn't mean that my conception was poor or that they're deeply multidimensional. It just means that they're phony. So I'll drop the mic there. (laughs) well said yeah give people benefit of the doubt (laughs) don't don't judge them based off this one event like chances are we all have something internal going on that's that we're maybe struggling with just you just don't know people's stories so give people a chance to share their story and remember that they have stuff going on in the background and and give grace where grace is needed and and yeah just give people benefit of the doubt and Give them a chance. All right, sweet. Thanks again for joining us, guys. Hope you enjoy this episode. Again, let us know if you have any comments, topics, questions at fromr20 at gmail.com. And we'll see you next time. From R20s. Signing off.